Welcome to The Action Shelf, the podcast that celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. And I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman, we uh, we survived the Dennis Rodman, Dane Cook mayhem of last we week. Uh, and ju- and I think barely. we're better for it. Yeah. I, th- I think so, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you get a, a virus and you get really sick, but then it actually improves your immune system because now you've gotten through that and so you're stronger. I cannot visualize this scenario, John. It, uh, it seems foreign to me. I don't know. But I'll take your word. I'll yeah. take your word for it. So we yeah. thought <laughs> we're going to stay in the 1990s. We talked about a movie from 1999 last week. This week, it's 1996's Mercenary. So this is, uh, what, a couple of years before our last movie that we saw? Yeah, we're, we're, we've jumped back three years. That was 99. This is 96. So, yeah, mercenary. And boy, it feels like a whole generation before, though, somehow. It does. It feels this movie. If you told me this movie was made in like 1988, I would totally believe that this has this movie has. It's not quite to the insanity level of it, but it feels like it's approaching a canon film. Right. Yes. It's it got, makes about as much sense as most canon films. Yeah, it it is sort of like the the impetus is on gunfire and explosions, uh, mm-hmm. like that's sort of the thing where it's like you came to see stuff blow up real good, um, you know, and that's what it's primarily delivering on, rather than anything. the The plot is but a a, a loose structure to hang gunfights and explosions on. Yeah, and this movie is pretty long too i felt like yes i, I don't know when, i did you feel the drag at around an hour and 10 minutes where you're like oh fuck there's still another half an hour to this i did because about what 50 minutes into the movie 45 minutes into the movie is when they actually infiltrate the villain compound yeah. and i thought how is this not the climax of the movie Great question. Uh, <laughs> when this I, movie's like, we've got a few more climaxes to go. Don't it, even worry when about they, it. When they parachute into the bad guy's base, and I look at the time, and I go, how is there an hour left in this thing? <laughs> I don't understand. It just seems like it's so... It ha- It does. It has... It has... This is like a four-act movie. Uh, yes. Yes. And I and, and it I, I think that's that's my biggest hit against it is... The cardinal sin of daring to be over a hundred minutes as an action shelf movie. If this, this movie didn't need to be. No, this, long. this, this, everything about this says it should have been a tight ninety. Yeah, because yeah, we're not, uh, we're not. Yeah, the the give me an eighty-five to ninety-minute runtime here, uh, because I actually think this is one of the better movies we've done in terms of it's. It's fairly, I mean, like, script-wise, it's incredibly stupid, of course, as all these movies are. 
But like, it's yeah. more watchable than a lot of the stuff we've done. It feels very. It feels very uh, unoffensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot. Well, and maybe not if you really get into the details, but uh, which we which we will. But it just feels like, yeah, it's you know, yeah, it's a film. You know, yeah, it's fine. Well, especially after last week's insanity, this week just this movie just felt so much calmer and more like yes. straight ahead, kind of what I expect out of a straight to video action movie. Where you're going like, okay, yes. yeah. All the acting is baseline okay to kind of good. Nothing. Yeah, nothing is like the level of Dennis Rodman. So, well, and that's you know, the other thing. Is book, nothing, nothing here is trying desperately to be like broad comedy either after last week. Um, yeah. There's, yeah. yeah. So there, there is some of that. But I think on the negative end of that is there's also not anything in it that's too uh, – too much to get excited about either it's 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 pretty standard stock okay once again this is what i expect from something i picked up at the video store in 1996 i will say this about simon says as mm. compared to this film yeah there are some sequences in simon says that will be very hard for me to forget <laughs> um yes some very funny laugh out loud moments yes. of just wow that's that's some of the worst filmmaking I've ever seen. Yes. This movie, I might forget about it maybe a couple hours after we finish recording. This yeah, I think I think that's true. Is is like it's uh it's very bland, which for a lot of the runtime of it makes it go down pretty easy. But yeah, then also yeah. you 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 get rid of it pretty quick too. So it's a weird double edged yeah. sword on this show when a movie is baseline yeah. competent. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, which is what this is. Listen, I would like you to guess because I do have the budget here for this movie. How much okay, do you think so this, this movie is costs? 96, 97? 1996. They shot this in 1996. Okay, gotcha. Um, you know, there there is some money on the screen. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there's some some explosions. There's some interesting lot of, uh, set a, pieces. A lot of practical effects. A lot of really bad cg effects um yeah a lot of bad mostly bad compositing of cg effects as well uh green screen yes. and stuff like that is is where yes it is, is is a bummer because i do think like the explosions look pretty good when they're actually practical and stuff like that you know yeah yeah um though it really the it's glaring how bad the cgi stuff is so uh i'm gonna fuck uh i'm gonna guess 15 million dollars 15 close uh, 10 actually 10 million dollars on this movie okay yeah. okay for some reason these movies are often cheaper than i i, I don't know why i overshoot it maybe i'm i mean that's, just that's being close. 15 very to charitable 10. I, I put you you're in the ballpark on that though you you had a general idea of where this was uh yeah, yeah yeah i mean and, and once again i think they stretch 10 to be pretty decent i mean the movie looks pretty pretty polished compared to some of the other like abysmal looking things we've done i mean it looks like a, yeah it, it looks like it doesn't look like a major film no but, no it does not but it looks it's it's more competent than a lot of stuff <laughs> just out of curiosity john what yeah. other movies like what big movies came out in this year oh 1996 yeah. Let's take a look. Uh, this should be something I guess. I'm going to start preparing this as a segment. 
uh, for a yeah, big... I should stop just asking you uh, spontaneously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, no. We'll we'll start we'll start doing these. The big movies of. But this 1990s. is interesting. Okay, all it's, right. It's nice to it's nice to keep this well, in context. Well, previous action shelf release, The Substitute, came out in 1996. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, this looks about the same. Yeah, this looks about the same. Era. Uh, but in terms yeah. of other big action, like big studio action movies, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger's Eraser. Okay. Um, gotcha. uh, the Michael Bay film The Rock comes out in '96. Oh shit! Uh, that's a good one. Uh, Twister is '96. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Executive Decision. Independence Day was the big movie of '96. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Broken Arrow. All right. John Woo. So. So yeah, there so, was I mean, there's a lot stuff. of these types of films that yeah. came out that year. Well, because um, we're still in the era. Independence Day is kind of uh, uh, pushing us to the next thing. We're still in the era of more practical, more grounded action films about guys with guns right. as opposed to big sci-fi spectacles. Actually, Independence Day is going to be kind of one of the first gigantic special effects releases of the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but there and Twister as well. Those are sort of the rarities at this point. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you can and see both, where it's coming. Both the effects hold up, you know, yeah. relatively well, well considering oh, you know the technology. Absolutely, both of those are still movies I revisit from time to time and greatly enjoy. So, um, yeah. so that that's that's what else was coming out at this time, uh, and uh, so yeah. I, also, I should point out that. Escape from L.A. comes out in 1996, which I I love, (laughs) but does have some of the worst CGI committed to film. Uh, Oh, interesting. Early days Uh, of it. Check that out. Yeah, I fucking love that movie, but there are some sequences in it that are really embarrassing, Um, mainly because they hired a studio that did not know what they were doing. There's some great stories about the making of that movie where they were like, the, the, the effects people were actually learning the programs as they were making the movie good sign that's a good yeah. sign yeah it is just like man, i don't know how a major studio action movie ends up doing that with that situation but that's what happened on that movie so you have some incompetent work in that movie uh yeah. the damage is what is otherwise an incredibly enjoyable action film um so let's talk about mercenary uh th- we got a few first timers here on the action shelf um I mean, I, right off the bat, the reason this made our list is for <laughs> legendary sitcom actor John Ritter. Yeah. I, yeah. I love everybody John. knows from that episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I think that's right. That's the one that people remember him Where, for. if you recall, he ends up secretly being a robot. Yep. That's Just like the... this movie. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. No, no wait, wait. wait. I, you saw the director's cut, I think, Lisman. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah that's what it was that's why it was three hours long okay uh no so uh john ritter absolute legend of tv comedy uh going back to three's company um and you know and and a host of other character actor roles he had you know he he was a beloved figure but once again i think of him as a a, a comedian even even on something like buffy that's a more uh, you know, if, if that show wasn't uh straight comedy, it was you know high campiness. Yeah, there, exactly. You know? Uh, that's what I think yeah. of. So when I see a poster uh for an action movie starring John Ritter, I'm going, no, wait a minute, this seems like an odd turn in his career. 
It does, especially when you consider that he doesn't really go for the co the comedic role here. This movie is a lot. I was expecting it to be sillier than yeah. it, than it was. It's it's really not. It's not silly at all. Really, it's pretty serious. At all. No, it's a pretty yeah. like straight faced uh, action picture. Now I want to say the same year. He gets massive acclaim, John Ritter, for his performance in the Billy Bob Thornton movie Sling Blade, also 96. Oh, so, uh, interesting year for his career. What a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's... He does this, I, and I'm... then he does an indie drama where he gets, like, some of the best reviews of his career. Yeah. Well, you know, he, it's if it's just a if it's a gig, you know, you take one, and it's one of them is this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know how much he wanted to be in an action film. Yeah, I'm I think sure. something. I mean, uh, something tells me this may have been a paycheck gig around some other stuff because he's coming off of one sitcom and then into another one, kind of. So, uh, yeah, you know that that's that's where he lives. But uh, hey, man, take a gig. And I'll say, this movie is massively improved by him being here. I think though. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Because he's he, a yeah. good actor, and like that's the thing was whether or not he's normally in the genre. Just having somebody, especially against, we'll talk about Olivier Gruner, who is a <laughs> great physical presence, is what I'll say. Yes, uh, yeah. oh, but I believe that. has what maybe ten lines in the whole movie. Yeah, pretty much. So a silent protagonist. Yeah. You know? So Ritter really is has to be there to carry any semblance of character work in this thing i mean yeah yeah john ritter i mean maybe that's what it is he stands out because he's just he's just got sort of that natural charisma you know? right exactly um, yeah yeah you just exactly you just like john ritter he comes on screen and you are drawn to him as an audience member he's got that even if his character is kind of despicable in this film i feel like that's a thing that the I, I, and i think that's a big problem with the script here is that i don't know what i am meant to think of his character because they cast right. one of the most imp, just instantly likable actors in television history as yeah. this character but then he seems like kind of an asshole but then it also seems like no wait we're supposed to really empathize with this guy because he lost his wife but then also he's terrible like yes i don't know what to make of this guy yeah even if you like take away the fact that he's a ceo of a large electronics company mm -hmm. his behavior in this film is a little reprehensible yeah uh, and it's, i mean that's it, not necessarily they, he doesn't have to necessarily be like this goody you know two shoes main character or anything like he can have character flaws right but it is like who who am i rooting for here right uh, right i i, I, I guess well, other than the the actual quote-unquote protagonist of the film yeah uh, the uh hawk. hawk but but hawk is such a cipher just badass yes. that like what the hell do i i know i can tell you basically nothing about hawk as a character beyond he's really good at killing people and, we also know that he doesn't show emotions. Right. There's lines indicating that he keeps emotions separate from the mission, which is great for movies um, <laughs> because traditionally uh, emotions are really, they read poorly on screen, well, you know? Well, here's the thing. When, when you put something like that in a script, my writing brain goes off and goes, oh, by the end of the movie, he'll be emotionally compromised by something. You set that up so that you can undo it. That's just how screenplays work, right? Where he goes... And that's exactly what they did. They knocked that domino over. They had every the opportunity to. They created a situation <laughs> yeah. where that could have happened. Because, once sure. again, you have 
Uh, another veteran TV actor who I like a lot, Robert Culp, uh, yeah. who is also a very good actor as his kind of mentor slash partner. And mm -hmm. between John Ritter and Robert Culp, you're like, oh, these guys have to make up for the complete lack of emotion from the actual central character is the sense Pretty I got much. is they hired these guys to do like this. They just surround Gruner with all these good actors. Cause we also have Martin yep. Cove as Phoenix, the villain and uh, Ed Lauder. Who's in this is the head of security guy. These are all mm -hmm. actors who I like and know are capable of good performances. And so it's basically just like, let's just hide him or with all these good actors give them the vast majority of the dialogue and then they'll kind of carry him throughout the movie they'll have they have a lot of lines where they're reacting to something that he should be doing on yeah. screen but isn't yeah they're like oh wow you look really pit well not actually but like you look really pissed off or something like that either that or, or they're talking really got to you they'll they're talking about him too or like well i know yeah. you hawk you're one of these kind of guys and you're like what and Hawk just stands there stone-faced because I want to talk about, for the first time, we have Olivier Gruner, uh, yeah. a French action star, who I'm sure we will talk about again because he is uh, one of the, you know, he is a, a major figure in the straight-to-video action genre. But, Has he ever uh, crossed paths with uh, JCVD? I don't think he has, but boy, I would like to see that. Yeah, that would be something, man. The muscles from Brussels and uh, France is number one uh, martial arts guy as well. So uh, yeah, it seems like they might have crossed. Um, here's the th here's the thing about uh, Olivier Gruner. Um, before he was uh, an actor, he was in the uh, <laughs> he was in the commando marine unit of the special operations force of the French Navy. This guy unlike some of the other people, is a real-deal badass soldier hmm. uh, prior to that. Then once he left the Navy, he got into kickboxing, uh, became two-time uh, French kickboxing champion and the 1986 world middleweight kickboxing champion. Damn. Yeah. So that yeah, is pretty legit. Well, that is the thing. When you see him, like, throw down in the movie... That's when I like Olivier Gruner because he looks like he's fucking yes. destroying people. Yeah, um, his hand-to-hand -hand combat scenes are pretty well done. Honestly. They really are. Yeah, that, that's that's some of the most fun stuff that's in the movie, and you can see he's yes. the, the speed and the intensity of the kicks and the spins and every, and you're like, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing, and obviously also mm. from his time in the Navy knows all the tactical shit too. Um, so I don't yeah. have as many of the like he's not fi he's firing guns correctly a lot of the time and stuff like that. Right. Uh, so yeah. that's nice to see. Uh, it's just I don't know. He's this is kind of early, maybe first third of his career. I don't know if he ever becomes. I mean, well, I, I always give the positive he's not acting in his native language. Um, yeah, I understand that. But he all he's just. He's very stoic, and I don't know if that's a performance or if that's how he is in everything. But he's so stoic that he is unreadable to me as an audience member. Yeah, it could. Mm, it, yeah, it is hard to say because there are so many good actors in here mm -hmm. that it's hard for him not to look a little stiff. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm sure w with the right director, we he could have maybe gotten a better performance brought well, out of him. I want to see, it's why I want to do some more of his movies at some point on here too, is to see him 
in uh, in in some other because he you know he's done he's continued to work up to now he he just had a he he has a movie coming out later this year, um, oh, and yeah. he put out he put out a film last year. I mean, so he's still working. Uh, yeah. So you know, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll run into him again. Like I said, he's a guy who I don't think I've ever actually seen any of his movies, but he's always a guy I see mentioned you know, in the same breath yeah. as a lot of the other guys we do on this show. So, um, for, for these kinds of lead performances, uh, what do you prefer, John? Do you prefer somebody who, I mean, obviously the ideal is somebody who can both act and who can do the action. Right. That, that's, that's, that is obviously what you want, but you, but if you have to guys. have one of the two, oh, that is tough. What, what would you prefer? Oh, that is tough. Um, Jeez, I probably the action guys for these things, right? Uh, yeah. Because you can. D this movie does the thing you actually should do with these guys, which is get a bunch of good character actors to be the supporting cast, yes. and then yes. just spotlight these people. Because when this movie works, it is Gruner just kicking ass, and that is cool yeah. to watch. And one of the things I look for, especially when we're going down the the budget, you know, sort of where I'm not looking at the the major movies. Now I am mm -hmm. looking for these to be like, I want to see some cool action. I want to see some cool fights. So give me people right. who can do that and let's spotlight yeah. them. Because, uh, I mean, that's yeah. like, you know, I love Chuck Norris movies. That guy can't fucking act to save his life. But God nope. damn, does he look good kicking people, you know? He sure um, does. Yeah. I don't know. Where do you land on that list one? Uh, I think I'm with you, honestly. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of both of those things being uh, present in these films. And, you know, uh, you, you don't always get those. That's why we love our boy Scott Adkins so much. I think he is yep. probably the best example of somebody who can do both in, in oh, this, yeah. in this yeah. world. Because, obviously, when you go to the bigger stuff, you have guys like Keanu Reeves and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, um, yeah. so yeah, I uh, yeah, I I tend to lean more towards that because the action is why we're here, you know. For these, and, and we know that we going in. This. And if anything, actually, once again, I think something I, I put in this movie's favor is then don't ask too much of these guys. Like build scripts yes. where they don't have to do a lot of emotional work. Uh, and right. I, I mean, they exactly. certainly don't. I mean, they 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 let Gruner just be a stoic badass in this movie, and. Yeah. Uh, but I think then also, once again, the double-edged sword of that is, yeah, let's get 15 minutes out of this thing because, yeah. <laughs> because it does start to strain at a certain point. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it's not even like it keeps going too long necessarily as much as just it, if you lost 15 minutes throughout the movie, just pulling here, 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 and here, the whole movie would yeah. truncate together better and feel more lightning-paced. I mean, if they ended the movie at the compound that they infiltrated that would be satisfying they have the twist of somebody betraying them yeah just happened there right and then that all gets resolved as they're dealing I think, with it i i agree because i think the part where the movie drags is in the move from the compound back to yes. the headquarters i think that's where i started to feel the runtime yes because yes, i thought definitely. all the stuff in the compound is really fun like that's where the oh yeah action is 
Uh, and the I the knife love... fight in the fire ring. That's Hell dope. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and just the, I mean, just the whole, I mean, we'll get into this, but just the whole thing of a super villain with a compound built into a mountain, you know, he's in like a, yeah. a castle built into a mountain. You're like, that's cool. With super elaborate death traps, yeah. you know, like we love to see it. No, that's the kind of, well, that whole infiltration, I'm going like, ooh, I, I'm into this movie. This is the kind of stuff I yeah. want to see in an action stealth movie. So let's dive yeah. into the movie itself. We'll go through the plot here a bit. And uh, mm-hmm. and and point out some stuff that that stood out to us. Now I will say right off the bat, didn't find nary a one liner in this thing. Yeah, not really. No, because once again they're keeping it pretty serious. There's some yeah. banter, but once again not one liners. This is pretty. Yeah, I don't think Olivier Gruner is known for his one liners to begin with, though. Uh, I, I, you know, honestly, yeah, we don't need to see that. Uh, it's, it's fine. I will say one of the strangest things. Uh, that came up just in the opening titles is I have never seen this credit before. And it starts with blah, blah, blah presents a Patrick Highsmith picture show. (laughs) I've seen a such and such picture, but I've never seen Uh a director picture show, a Patrick Highsmith picture show. What? You know, they're just trying to start a new trend. Kind of like uh this is a this is a Patrick Heisman uh <laughs> joint or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh cuz I looked this guy up. His name is not really Patrick Highsmith. His name is Avi Neshir. Uh he's mm-hmm. an, he's an Israeli filmmaker, but I guess they wanted him to sound more American, which is awful. Um, that's weird yeah hence uh it was an American action picture made by an American, even though as we've talked mm-hmm. about the Canon guys are both Israeli. Yeah. I almost associate yeah, Israeli. Also tried to, yeah. Yeah. That, that was another example of them trying to like, no, these are American films. Right. You know? yeah, they, they, their names were kept low and it was Canon. Yeah, um, exactly. He's he, this guy has a career of directing a lot of uh, lower budgeted stuff like time bomb and doppelganger and raw nerve. Uh, yeah. Yep. So I'm sure we'll talk more about movies he's made later on. Is what I'm saying. Uh, I completely believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also did write, but not direct, uh, Mercenary Two, because he also wrote this movie. Uh, okay. So uh, anyway, we open on a real fancy party, uh, like a mm. fancy backyard uh, party overlooking the ocean, and uh, we've got. John Ritter, though, not attending the party, but instead inside the house, screaming into a phone because we need to establish him as a CEO. He is a businessman, an 80s businessman. Oh, yeah, I mean, this is 90s, but he's yeah. basically playing an 80s businessman. Totally, yeah. And and, uh, and it's vague what exactly is going on with business. He's discussing a merger of some sort. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I just wrote this down... This movie that, is uninterested in really exploring that, but... Uh, uh, I just wrote down a line he says here... Where if you don't, he says, if you don't agree with this, I'm going to switch from hardball to wrecking ball. <laughs> Boom, Ritter. Um, there's there's the one liner. We that, got it. That I wrote down as a one liner. There are two one liners yeah. I wrote down because, but that that's about it. Uh, and they're not. And really this even... is taking place at his house, correct? Yes. This is yeah. his house. Yeah. Okay. And it's gotcha. it's a ceremony welcoming this author. This big time mm-hmm. author who i think is meant to be a salman rushdie figure i believe so because it they, seems like it because yeah. that's going to play into this idea that he's assassinated by people mhm so 
Uh, I think that's the idea, which is, of course, for those who don't know, Salman Rushdie famously was a Middle Eastern writer who wrote a controversial novel and a fatwa was put on his life. And there were assassinations attempts attempts made against him for things he wrote in this book, which is insane, of course. But that was a big thing that happened in the 80s. And he ended yeah. up coming to the U.S. and, and hiding out. Um, so uh, is there, has there ever been a movie about his life? Well, I don't know if there has, actually. Seems like that'd be a pretty it's pretty ripe for it's an interesting story. Kind of it's thing. it's it's got a lot of inherent real life dramatic stakes in it. Yeah. 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 I don't I can't think of one. If there ha there may have been some, you know, shit T V movie, but like, yeah. I give guess me... this is as close as they've gotten, <laughs> you know. Give me come on, man. That feels like that could be like a Sorkin picture, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I could see that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I'm on, I'm into that. Um Ritter, of course, because this is really his wife's thing, right? She loves yeah. this guy's books. And Ritter embarrasses himself immediately by going, I love your poems. And he's like, I don't write poems. I write novels. And he's like, oh, I haven't read your shit. <laughs> why poems? Why, why is it that? Why is it that's what he guessed? I don't understand. I mean, doesn't it seem like a blanket one? If I was doing this and didn't know, I would say uh, you write great books. That kind of I covers like your it all. book. Yeah, your you know, book. Yeah, your, a book can be a lot of things. Exactly, it could be a novel. It could be a he biography. Knows, he knows could, he's yeah. an author of some sort. That's a good blanket cover. I feel like, and he, then he's like, "Oh well, my wife is really the reader here." Uh, not mm. that any of this matters because this place, this thing, will be immediately massacred. We don't take oh. too long to get to action here in this movie, which is nice. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, <laughs> we have. Here's a question I have. I always love stuff like this. We have these mercenary guys come up out mm -hmm. of the dirt outside the, <laughs> like, how long were these guys buried in his property? Well, you think about, like, how long it takes for a party like this to get started, how long for people to, like, arrive. My guess is that they must have been there, like, probably all day. Yeah. So, like, uh, in the middle of the night, they placed themselves yeah. there and were just waiting in the dirt for, oh, I don't know, 10 hours? Maybe? Yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like, it's a cool shot of these guys coming out of the dirt with their weapons and stuff. But then if you put any yeah. thought, you're like, Jesus, they would have been buried under there for so long. Right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so they come up, and, and at the same time, this car speeds up to the front of the house and shoots all the security guys. And this is where yeah. we have... Martin Cove, another, I think this is his first appearance on the show, but a guy who's in a lot of these kind of movies as well, most famously known as Sensei Kreese from the Karate Kid films and now the Karate Kid TV show Cobra Kai. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, boy, this guy has made a career out of playing bad guys and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that face. He does. Know? He does. I've heard, he's, I've heard he's a total sweetheart in real life, but... My God, does he just seem like a bad guy on screen. Uh, yeah. But uh, he comes up, and they, they gun all these people down. And then, yeah, just proceed to shoot the fuck out of this party. Yeah, is this the best way to... And obviously, they uh, there's a reveal later on in the film, but, like, is this the best way to assassinate somebody? Like, with, like, a bunch of, no. like, witnesses, and there's a bunch of, like, armed security, and no. It seems no, like one person approaching the target and shooting them, or sniping from a distance or something. But here, to just come in guns a-blazing, although I guess they said the idea was the plan was to make it look like a terrorist attack. 
and, and that also, I mean, nobody cares about spoilers for this yeah. podcast. All of these movies this is are another, terrible. We but, can, we can, we can. Uh, this is one we may have to go to the end with the reveal and then work our way back to figure out the thought here. Right, because how how do they not succeed on their assassinate? Like, do they just leave? They just leave, I guess, before they actually finish the assassination. Well, because that, that's what? the thing. We find out that this assassination is the the target of the assassination is actually John Ritter. Yes, but they're trying to cover it up by making it seem like this is Middle Eastern terrorists killing this author. Right. But they so the idea is let if they I think the idea is if they kill a bunch of people at this thing, including that guy, John Ritter will look like just collateral damage in the assassination of this guy, which right. as far as the thinking behind a plan goes, not a bad idea. There's there's something there. Yeah, uh, there's actually one of the Jack Reacher novels. That's a thing where they assassinate one person, but make it look like a serial sniper. So they also mm. snipe like six other random people to hide who the actual target was. Um, but that's that was in that that was a sniper so it was a very calculated specific it wasn't just utter chaos because the problem here is what ends up happening which is if you're just blindly firing into crowds you might not hit the person you i mean they do hit john ritter because he does have to go into the hospital but it is non-fatally they do kill his wife and the author yes Um, they don't attempt to kill john ritter while he's in the hospital no no, because they Which need to save that for, uh, I guess, for a reveal later. So we can't have I anybody guess. try to assassinate him, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. It seems like it that does. actually would be a better plan. And then yeah. you can just make it seem like he succumbed to the wounds and, you know, whatever. Yeah, it would have been very easy to do. Like <laughs> This movie does do, here in this party and throughout the whole movie, something I love, which is the very A-team thing of having grenades go off behind people and they go flying <laughs> over the camera. There is so, so much... So much. So much of that. And I never don't enjoy it. <laughs> well, Hawk's main move in this movie, like anytime he's like in a tight spot, his main move is throw a grenade. Yeah. And everybody else in the movie seems to forget that grenades exist <laughs> uh, because their tactics don't no, I, <laughs> account for grenades being thrown at them. Can I say, I love a movie where the action hero's signature weapon is the grenade. <laughs> and then whenever the bad like I love later uh when the bad guy when one of the villains is about to throw a grenade and he stands out in the middle of the battlefield like completely obvious pulls the pin yeah. holds it there triumphantly and then is shot and drops it and kills his comrades I'm like nobody knows how to use grenades in this movie it's hilarious It's just hawk man I mean It's just hawk Oh dude we'll talk about the grenade tree Yeah <laughs> it's like the giving tree it's so good except it only gives grenades uh (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah uh so the i guess the heat is on here because they bring in this helicopter to extract them out of the chaos here so they all get on ropes and get flown out on this helicopter out over the ocean that was their and and they're not pursued in any way no they're just like no they're good to go yeah. Oh, they got into the air, so that's they've, international space. Yeah, you can't. They've disappeared. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, of course, John Ritter's wife has been killed because we need a dead woman to start one of these movies. Yep. Uh, yep. And he gets taken to the hospital. But uh, And, of course, that's where he's told when he wakes up that his wife is dead. And yep. 
we bring in uh character actor uh Larry Pine uh as this um government stooge guy for this one scene right. which is interesting i thought this they thought it was, this was one this was one of the weird ones where or sorry not larry pine that's a different guy robert pine is this mm. government agent who comes in to talk to him now this is father of chris pine uh you oh, know, shit. major movie star but his dad was a well-respected character actor on tv and movies and and still is to this day in fact he's the leader of the reasonableist cult on parks and recreation Oh, okay. Yeah, which is one of my favorite jokes on there, where they change their name to the reasonableist because if you argue with them, then you sound crazy because they're reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I do like they're like oddly genius. Um, <laughs> he comes in to say, "Look, we know exactly who killed your wife and did all this chaos, but uh, there's just no way to get him because he's in uh, this secret compound in the middle of." Did they say where it is? Uh, yeah. Was it? Oh God. Um, I think they did say. I don't know. Is is it like Iran or somewhere? It's somewhere that's like a contested, you know, politically tricky Middle Eastern area, right? Yeah. It's it. It was like bordering, uh, sort of like the, like Eastern Europe, like, uh, uh, former. USSR yeah I mean the whole thing is they can't go after him because it's politically tricky and could create an international incident why why did this person come in and talk to John Ritter about this like is there he was a friend of his because they mentioned throughout the movie that John Ritter has political connections in Washington right so he comes in like hey man I'm sorry yeah I, I, I think it's implied maybe John Ritter asked him to look into it yes it just seemed weird that like i was like who is john ritter like is is he a civilian is he not it sounds like he has connections with like he's, the state department i mean which is but... which is kind of he's a he's a big enough ceo that he has political influence right i think is the idea because again we're supposed to sympathize with him well because then he's just like not fucking good enough man yeah I don't care. This guy killed my... Which I understand the impulse here to be like, I don't care what it is. Find me... If the army won't go in there, find me someone who will. Right. Uh, Well, well, actually, what he says is because they go... They they do the whole rundown of who Phoenix is. This this is still that 1990s action movie view of terrorism that I love and and wish we still were an innocent enough world to do this where terrorists are just these, you know, operatives for hire professional criminals they don't have any ideology whatsoever they're just in it for the money yeah Yeah. there's there's the the, that like every terrorist bad guy in 90s action movies is just like that where it's like well he'll work for anyone for the highest dollar what john ritter actually says is bring me the guy who hates him so much he wants to kill him bring me his total rival and they're like well there is one man Oh, right. John Ritter also says, if I've learned one thing from business, it's that no one is unapproachable. Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, it sounds like it just means he can bully people into doing business with him, right? It, it sounds like his money affords him to get away with anything. Yeah. And, and this movie makes that true. Makes that true. Yeah. And we're supposed he, to be like, yeah. Uh, get him. Yeah. Get him, John Ritter. 
Yeah, John Ritter never like the other, the other thing I was waiting for is for John Ritter to realize like I am in over my head and I shouldn't have done this. Yes. Never does he they realize didn't, that. They they didn't do that, but they also didn't like fully make him an action. Well, I guess he did have a fight scene at the very end of the movie, like a hand-to-hand fight scene. Yeah, a little but, bit, like, yeah. It, but they don't really do the other thing, which is like he comes into his own and uses his uh, I mean again, they try, but it, it fairly unsuccessfully. Yeah. That I almost, guess that's what they were going for. That's the thing with this movie. This movie does have good action in it, but it has no substance whatsoever. It's totally empty calories as a movie. Yes, yes, uh, exactly. And so so yeah, so they got the uh, well and as soon as he goes, who's the guy who hates this guy the most because and he hits of course with the uh the the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, as the Bible says. Yeah. I there's a note about that Weird. in here. When does the deal with that? I don't oh, know. Oh, is there? Uh, uh as the Bible says uh Jonas says, uh unsurprising for this kind of man as he doesn't know what he's talking about since it occurs nowhere in the Bible, but rather is an old proverb. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. When he said that I thought, is that in the Bible? And I can't say I know the Bible well enough to know, but no, it's a proverb. It's not a there you go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he might not be religious. You right. Know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we cut to, we meet our hero, Hawk. Yeah. Uh, who yeah, because had... the Reds had Phoenix. We had Hawk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing was these guys were, <laughs> these guys were contractors for the, the, the other sides of the Cold War. Uh, yeah. And uh, we see him in the middle of a ransom exchange no real explanation as to what the hell is going on here. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just a bunch of scumbags holding... It's just a random group of scumbags holding a teenage girl hostage. Yeah. Did yeah. you recognize this teenage girl, Lisman? She looked very, very familiar, Because this John. is the film debut of actress Jamie Presley. That's... That is what I thought. Yeah. I, I couldn't find her on IMDb because it was such a minor role. But yeah, she's I, deep. I, I had a feeling it was her. It's deep in here, and she's credited yeah. as preteen American girl. But it's like it's way at the bottom of the cast list. Yeah, um, okay, gotcha. But uh, yeah, this is her very first screen appearance. Uh, <laughs> and of course, people, I, she's so good on My Name Is Earl. Uh, yeah, she's just hilarious on that show. And, uh, yeah, he, he is saving her here from, once again, these are just sort of nondescript, scummy bad guys. They're, they're just, they're constantly, they they all look like they're, uh, like Midwest truckers, you know, yeah. they've got that look to them. Yes. They've all got, like, beer guts and, like, long hair and scraggly beards. <laughs> And uh, anytime any of them makes a joke, they all laugh out loud hysterically while still pointing guns. It's very fun. It's it is, and it's just I love. I'm just like, what is this criminal organization? <laughs> I want to know their name. Yeah, what is their deal? <laughs> just like, well, when we're not long hauling, we also kidnap people for money. Uh, <laughs> it pays the bills, and uh, of course, he's he brings them a briefcase with one million dollars, and then they decide, well, maybe we want two million actually. <laughs> and Hawk is not having it. Uh, yeah, and then the most insane thing: he pours a bottle of some kind of 
I'm assuming moonshine or some shit that these guys are drinking. Something, um, yeah. These guys are drinking something used to strip paint off of boats. Um, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. he pours this all over Jamie Presley and then threatens to burn her with his cigar. Would that? I don't know if that would. Ha- no, I don't it, think that would do anything. I don't it, think it's. It didn't I don't seem think like a valid threat to me. No, I don't think it's enough flammable liquid and heat combination. It doesn't seem like it's enough to actually ignite. If he, it was gasoline, sure. Yeah, but, uh, but he pours out like what little is left in his bottle on her head, and then he's like, "I'm gonna light her up." There's You're maybe like, two shots left in there. He he had downed most of this. Yeah, All I right. just don't think the fumes are going to be enough to catch because it's a common misconception in action movies that it is the liquid itself that catches fire and not the fumes yeah. that are flammable. Um, so it's it's another. But well, because uh, Hawk must know this because he's unfazed by this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why he's a yeah. fucking brick wall in this scene. Well, it does get pretty awesome here, though, when he grabs a ballpoint pen from this guy and jams it in his eyeball. Because well, when when he entered the entered the scene, they searched him, right? Right. And yeah. he, uh, uh, they're like, he's only got a pen and a credit card on him. Yeah. I'm like, he's gonna use those things. Oh, and does he ever? And I'm enjoying the <laughs> hell out of it, man. He puts that ballpoint pen right in that guy's eye. Then yeah. turns around, grabs the other guy, slits his throat with the credit card. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then it is on, and we get to watch Olivier Gruner just toss around these bearded beer gut scumbags. <laughs> because once he gets out of this room with Jamie Presley, he goes into yeah. what is like their hangout bar. Bar, yeah. Once again, so many questions about this criminal organization. Um, they, well, they clearly the bar is a front of some sort. It's got to be, yeah, because um, they're doing all this. Business. But it's also a truck stop. Yeah, I'm I'm making that assumption, but uh, uh, yeah. And he beats the shit out of these guys. Sure does. It's pretty it's good. Pretty great. I like yeah. it, man. Uh, and so then when he gets outside, we meet Bob Culp, who is uh who is playing McLean. Uh who is his mentor slash partner in this stuff. Slash lover? <laughs> I mean, they seem to be all each other has. Yeah, that's true. Well, it could be a, it could be a paternal you know, yeah. uh, relationship. Well, I just they... choose to, to believe that they found love in one, one another. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I yeah, think, I, think I believe it. I believe in love, John. <laughs> um... <laughs> um... But McLean has this hacking cough that I'm like, oh, he's gonna die at some point in this movie. No, no. I thought it never. It literally never pays off. It's only film. there for Gruner to, I guess, to give him some sort of like emotional caring thing to be like, have you taken your pill? Yeah, that is <laughs> that is literally the only thing. Uh, and I think at one point he asked him, "Are you warm enough?" Which <laughs> a- that adds the like paternal thing where it's like I'm caring for my ailing father or yeah. mother, maybe. Lover. Could be. Yeah. Could I be. Don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. here's the thing. The movie has no interest in any details, so whatever you want it to be is totally valid. Uh, and that's what I want it to be. <laughs> uh and the joke here is that, oh, we got this innocent little girl back, and then she just starts swearing up a storm when they pull the you know the Yeah, the, and the... Th- this is where I'm like, Oh, that was that's definitely definitely Jamie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
when she's like, motherfucking cocksucker in there, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and it's just like, whoo, Robert Culp is like, whoo, oh, man, this is crazy. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Hawk is brought to John Ritter, who was introduced coming yeah. out of a swimming pool, you know, like uh-huh. a, he has a giant indoor pool to once again just show you know, us how goddamn rich this guy is. This guy's relatable, John. Yeah, he's just they're they're just shoving the relatability. Well, I will down. say, listen, I watched this movie right after a dip in my own personal per, Olympic oh, size yeah. indoor pool. Uh, oh, you just have the one? Yeah, just the just the one. I, I I'm looking at uh, plans for a second. Uh, I, once you go to Olympic size swimming pools, you can't go back. <laughs> that's that's my personal experience. I, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, you just. It's so unnecessary, though. And there's a guy waiting there to put a robe on him, and he's just like, well, hmm. And this is when I, at this point, I am thinking like, oh, so I'm not supposed to like John Ritter. Because I felt bad that his wife died, obviously. Like, I didn't like him when he was doing the deal. Then I felt bad that his wife died. Now I don't like him again because he's a rich dude coming out of a swimming pool into a meeting. But, and the movie will just be like that the whole time, where you, you vacillate back and forth between feeling empathy for the guy and hating him for being a rich asshole. Yeah, and it's not like he learns his lesson throughout the film. It's like, oh, maybe I should try, I should stop treating my employees as, like, commodities here, you know? Right. Uh, but that's not the lesson. To, I don't know what the lesson to be learned oh, I, there is. is. No, that's the thing, was this movie has absolutely nothing to say. It is just an excuse yeah. for explosions and fights. John Ritter does not have an arc in this film. Nope. Correct. Nope. No. Other than he, he does finally murder somebody. He does I guess finally murder like. somebody, and I guess he earns a respect for Hawk because they're bickering at the beginning, and then they seem to be friends at the end. But part of that, part part of the reason it doesn't work is one of them is just a brick wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really have much effect. Uh. So he they bring Hawk in, and he's like, "I want to give you two million dollars to kill your arch nemesis, Phoenix." Sounds good, right? Except for there's one condition. I'm coming with you, and I'm the one who kills him. And he's like, nope. <laughs> Which is a reasonable, uh, it's a reasonable response. And then John Ritter proceeds to just keep adding another million to the price. All right, three yeah. million. Fine, four million. How about five million? And he's like, dude, and rightfully so, Hawk is like, you're going to get me killed. If I bring you out there, like that's what's gonna happen. I can't collect if I'm dead. Yeah, if I bring the, a total amateur on this mission, it's not gonna go well. Yeah, <laughs> and whatever. Like John Ray is like, well then fuck you, man. Like whatever. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of random bad cursing in this movie. Yes. There's a lot of John Ray just being like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like. If- feels very it feels weird hearing that come from john ritter yeah you know because we think of him as lovable sitcom star you know or whatever or or even the other movies he made were stuff like problem child like family comedies you know right Uh, exactly i don't really think even uh, he's in the movie bad santa and a whole thing in that movie is that he doesn't like when people curse he's in this incredibly filthy (laughs) movie and every time somebody says a swear he's like ooh. You know, and you're like, that's funny. That's what I would <laughs> think, John Ritter, you know. Uh, yeah. That's the kind of thing that, uh, so, uh, so anyway, uh, he, he refuses. They just cut to him on another mission with Robert Culp. And at this point I'm going, wait, what? What are we, now yes. we're in Japan? 
Supposedly? Uh, apparently, yes. Uh, by the way, I do have the filming locations for this movie. They never were in Japan, oh, believe it or not. Um, but they, al- they also were not in Bulgaria. This movie was shot in three places primarily. Um, mm. Utah, Mexico okay. City, and Moab, mm. Israel. Okay. So, mm. you know, desert and canyon stuff, I imagine a lot of that was probably Mexico and uh, yeah. uh, Utah. And yeah, then, that makes sense. And then I, I, I'm guessing some of the stuff with the, uh, whatever the 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 hideout, right? The bad guys' hideout. Maybe that's Israel. And once again, that the filmmaker sense. is Israeli, so probably yeah. not as tricky to go there as some films. Um, yeah. But yeah, not Bulgaria. Real locations, you know. That's cool. Not, not it, it, yeah, it's not Bulgaria. And it's not Toronto. Those are the two I always look for, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, we did. I didn't get a mark that off of my bingo. No, card, no, no. Sure. This yeah. hits a few other ones though, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to make this deal for an undisclosed disc. That's all they say is, "Do you have the disc?" Yes, they do. And it doesn't matter what's on that. Don't even worry about it. No, it, it doesn't. Matter. I stupidly, when they showed this, thought this was going to be part of the plot. But hey, man. Nope. Nope. Uh, it's just an excuse where Bob Culp will be grabbed at the airport and mm. we'll find out that the case also contains heroin. <laughs> <laughs> that China white powder, I believe. Is China what they white, to, which I'm like, that's not how that's ever been referred to, but okay. But I love Bob Culp saying, hey man, I'm going away for a long time. They found 50 kilos of China white on me or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's something right about it coming out of Bob Culp, though. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's still not as good as one of my favorites is in uh, Talladega Nights when Gary Cole calls uh, cocaine Colombian Bam Bam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, they're like, uh, well, what's the bail? It's half a million. We're never going to find that kind of money. Oh, well, I know where they can get that kind of money. This uh, him going back to John Ritter felt like it felt like uh, Hawk was making a deal with the devil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, oh, look how circumstances have changed and you've come crawling back to me. Well, and there's even this tension where Hawk thinks that maybe John Ritter got him arrested. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's true. Right. Yeah. Where it's like maybe he had those drugs planned on him. He didn't. The crooked head of security, Ed Lauder, did. Right. Uh, Ed Lauder totally wasted in this movie, I thought. Ed Lauder's yeah. a very, very good character actor. And he was actually one of our favorite parts of the movie Raw Deal uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he was very funny. He's very um, funny in that. Here, he's just kind of standing around until it's time to be the bad guy. Yeah. And I just thought... Because you're just like, why is this guy in this film? Yeah. I don't know. I no, don't know. Because uh, it was. I was At first, I'm going, wow, they're really wasting Ed Lauder because he's just standing around. Did that, you think... Because I also thought, like... They're not just going to have him be in this movie and not give him anything to do. Right. He's going to, there's going to be a turn there. There's right? got to be uh, something. Either he's bad or he ends up being a secret badass or something. But no, it something. makes sense. He and the Weasley yeah. accountant guy, they were, they were just in it too much to be ancillary. And right, also, exactly. like I said, Ed Lauder is an actor I know and who is very good in things. Um, yeah. And he, here you're just like sure man whatever i'm sure he got paid for not much work um yeah. so anyway now he's go uh hawk has to go back to ritter 
And it does. Ritter is almost like, well, well, well. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, and he goes, okay, look, I know you have political connections. Can you get my friend out of jail? And it's like, sure. Do we have a deal? And yeah, they do this close up where he like on on Ritter putting his hand out to shake it, and Gruner being like, I suppose, you know. Yeah. And he hesitates. Yeah, and like it is a deal with the devil. It, that's what it feels like, but that's not the. It, it, it feels like John Ritter completely changes <laughs> as soon as the mission starts. Yeah. Then he becomes kind of like a bumbling idiot, which you know it, he would in a way because. He's meant to yeah, be the fish out of water in this, right? He's meant to be like, well, if, if any of us just went on a mercenary mission. Right, right, um, exactly. I, you know, and uh, so, yeah. But he, there's, yeah, there's certainly like a, a, a malevolence uh, to him in this scene. Right, like. right. Uh, so uh, the, they, they all of a sudden we just cut to now not only do we have Olivier Gruner and uh, Bob Cole, but all these other random guys who I am going, they're all going to die in the mission because I only see right. Gruner and Ritter on the poster. So uh, right. <laughs> they're all dead. But they also have already built a scale model of the bad guys compound. A one-to-one -one scale model. Uh, <laughs> they're just rebuilding the, the compound. Well, they, ha they have two, right? They have the thing where they've mapped it out with like boards to make all the walls and rooms. And then yeah. here's where they have like a cardboard model and Bob Culp's got the metal pointer out going, we will enter here, extract here. Boy, that like all this buildup for the compound. And it's so strange that it's not like the climax of the film. I know it know? does. Cause I thought like, okay, I see how the structure of this is going to go. We're going to spend the next 20 to 30 minutes training. And then the rest yeah. of the movie will be the battle at the compound. Yeah doing the mission yeah you know yeah. you're going like okay. uh, and, yeah. and of course stuff will go wrong during the mission there'll be twists there'll be turns yeah. there'll be action but like i mean the mission is the, the same movie. year this comes out michael bay's the rock which i mentioned which has that structure where it is all the first half of the movie is all preparations to go to alcatraz the second yeah. half of the movie is all on alcatraz and the subsequent mission and battle that happens there you're like yeah got it it's can you imagine if that movie, like, so imagine the move where the movie normally ends, but yeah. then there's another half an hour yeah. of them going to a different location. Now for, we got to get reason. on boats, leave Alcatraz Island, go somewhere else so we can have another. Yeah, that would be, oh, jeez, <laughs> my God, <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very. It's no, very no, Dude, go, go watch The Rock. It's much, much better than this. Um, yeah. You know, look, I like John Ritter, but I'll take uh Nicholas Cage and Sean Connery over him and Olivier Gruner. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Bob Culp is going, all right, we're going to go in here. We're going to do this. We're going to parachute in on this. And that's when John Ritter is like, hey, excuse me. Uh, no, 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 no to the parachuting. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't parachute. As he says, he gets vertigo, then adds messy vertigo. He says, I get vertigo, intense vertigo messy vertigo yeah okay there you go yeah you read the yeah that whole progression it's like okay that will pay you, off he is gonna you vomit insisted all over on it. coming to this I know. so like i don't know why you're I'm, I'm like immediately he's like no no uh excuse me uh military tactician experts and professional killers uh <laughs> i don't like this part of the plan so we won't be doing it it's like okay then 
go away. <laughs> Which actually, there's a couple of points in this movie that I thought were actually pretty funny where John Ritter is like, I can't go on. I can't, I, I need a, you know, I, I need to just like a breather. And they're like, all right. And then they just leave him. He's yeah. like, fuck you. Yeah. Like that's that that was pretty fun yeah that's good stuff uh and yeah. that's the kind of thing where once again i'm going like okay i i have a general idea of where this movie's going except yeah. then i don't because it keeps going. except yeah that's yeah, i think exactly. its biggest sin is it's just too long yep. um but their 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 first training thing to i guess prepare him for this is to have him hang glide in this canyon yeah uh and this is where he's gonna vomit while hang gliding good times good times yeah but then he likes hang gliding yeah you know it it, uh it awakens something Mm -hmm. in him Mm -hmm. uh so then there's also where this is also where so before there's there's an ongoing theme with with john ritter's character where he keeps asking people to define short simple words that everybody knows yeah um it this is this is the second so the first time was when he's like we can't uh we can't go it's like no we can't go get this guy he's like define the word no this is define the word dive and and then there'll be one at the very end of the movie again were they thinking this is like like a character trait or like this is an ongoing joke or what yeah i think so i think that's it's meant to be well, I mean, I don't want maybe a catchphrase of a certain sort, but like it's this guy's thing. It's his signature thing. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It is this runner. But it's define not, this. It's define not, that. Yeah. It's not good though. It's, Ooh, it's not funny. No. It's not inter- It's not anything. No. Anyways, it's, it's really not. Then they have them yeah. training to infiltrate inside the one-to-one thing you were talking about, where they basically built this maze that is. Uh, which is a real thing that that military people do. Uh, you know, yeah. if, if you see the like Navy SEAL training things, it looks like this. Um, yeah. And of course, John Ritter trips in the middle of his approach here and ends up firing his gun wildly behind him, and bullets are ricocheting, almost shooting a random person. Mm-hmm. And then he starts yeah. yelling at Hawk, going, "You put that bottle there on purpose to trip me." To which I like that Hawk's response is like, yeah, cause we don't know what's going to be in there. You got to be ready for stuff and pay attention. This yeah. is very hard and dangerous. What you're asking to do. And Ritter yeah. is just giving it to Hawk though. And even like well-trained people will like die on these missions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to be ready. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so then uh, th- th- we get a whole monologue here from Ritter. He goes, you think I'm doing this as a joke? My wife died. All right, I need to get vengeance or whatever. He's yelling about this stuff, um, and I guess we're supposed to once again feel for him because only his trauma matters, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of other people did die at that thing too. They sure did. Everybody just glosses over the fact that that author did get killed. Eh, <laughs> whatever. We didn't know him. Whatever. Yeah, we um, didn't really know him. So finally, they do actually parachute in on the mission not to the compound yet but they have to parachute in so they can sneak up on the compound and i yeah. believe this is where he says that that the compound is 40 clicks ahead and of course john is like what's a click <laughs> and somebody else is like it's a kilometer it's like oh right i knew that and right, i was a little this... worried here that i'm like is this going to be the whole movie that's that's what i was thinking too this movie is like 
edging in on oh it's like kind of like silly because he doesn't know what he's doing yeah. you know kind of a thing luckily uh, it, but... it, it 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 does those moments sparingly yes yeah uh it, it treats it more seriously like he's actually in life or death situation because he doesn't know what he's doing more yeah. so than just whoa because even <laughs> like when he trips and john ritter is a master of the pratfall it's not done like a pratfall trip when he trips with a gun and shoots it's not yeah. really played as like whoa uh, which John Ritter is exceedingly capable of. Um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, so the, oh yeah. So then they're uh, they're running recon. They're hiding amongst the rocks with their camouflage and paint on. Mm-hmm. But John Ritter mm-hmm. keeps walking back and forth between the two. Yeah, spots. and and he, this is where this. This is where he decides to bring up, like, hey, I didn't set up your friend. Okay? I know you think I did, but I didn't, okay? You'd think <laughs> this conversation would happen during the training montage. Yeah. Like, when he thinks that they placed the bottle there, that right. would be an in- That would make sense. Yeah, Not when he's already yelling in at the them. field. Right. Like, why just combine the two scenes to one scene i know because this this is also a little silly right because uh olivia yes. gruner is just like i don't this is not the time man go back to where <laughs> we, you're hiding we are literally in the field and you are like loudly talking to me what is wrong with you <laughs> it's 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 bad yeah. uh so uh let's see uh Okay, so then they take out this campsite that's watching the uh, the compound. So they're going to parachute in. But when you mean parachute in, they don't mean out of a plane. They're going to run off these cliffs and yeah. parachute over to the... Which is... His compound is like this... You see them in Middle Eastern places and Israel stuff. Like, it's it's a building built into the side of a mountain. Yeah, it's it's very cool looking it's honestly. very cool it's a straight up like yeah. bond villain hideout uh yeah i, I this is where i got excited because i'm going like oh good it's a a legit super villain lair i uh, yeah i thought that uh basically all the stuff in the compound was pretty cool this is uh, far and away the best part of the movie yeah uh yeah. i i agree with that because this is where it actually feels like oh okay this is the interesting action movie it because also it's not just this compound for his stuff He's basically built his own little, like, village in there with people and stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. I wish the movie had gotten into that more with it's almost like a cult-like thing. Because um, we never get to know any of the other people who work with Phoenix or what the nope. deal with these people who live in there are exactly. Um, yeah, it's they're... not clear what, what Phoenix is specifically doing here. Other right. Other than being his own little tyrant, I guess. Yeah, because also it seems like a lot of the, like civilians that live there don't want to be there yes um yes, it very much feels so like he, the, the yeah the civilians are being taken advantage of by this like, yeah rogue terrorist cell, how is that not enough for a movie <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like that, like this is all there's a lot you could do in this section of the film uh yeah and they're they're yeah. just like they want to get through this quick for some reason uh some reason yeah yeah I and know. i think that's that's a mistake um so they uh yeah so they 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 do get in there but uh-oh it's an ambush almost as soon as the whole team is over there they get shot yep this uh, is where almost everybody dies i i think is it just john ritter and 
uh what's his face uh it's uh, uh it, it is john ritter hawk and one other guy because that guy will get killed and said ring of fire knife right so, oh right the the bald mustache man bald mustache guy uh, exactly yeah who in imdb is credited Uh-oh. as bad dave <laughs> oh that's awesome good <laughs> old bad dave fun. he's bad dave uh don't fuck with bad dave <laughs> Yeah, you don't uh, fuck with bad days. <laughs> so uh, uh, they are captured. Yeah, th- those three. Uh, Ritter is put in a cell. <laughs> this is insane, and this is also this is, the, this is insane. This is insane, and this is very Bond villain, right? Yes. The idea that they have a chained up, like rabid, angry dog barking at mm-hmm. him, but it's on a chain, so it can't quite get to him. But then they're slowly pouring drops of acid on his chain. Yeah, it's the most elaborate death trap. Like it's so unnecessary. I love it though. That's the that's this is the kind of thing I look for in these movies, right? Is yeah. it's that James Bond or that comic book supervillain thing where it's like, Oh, you will die eventually, you know. <laughs> so but also, I got to give you a chance to escape. Otherwise yeah. it's not fun. But yeah, it is like, oh, you'll die, but I'm gonna walk away right now and just assume this will all work out. Uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to see it. It's fine. <laughs> it, it just really got me. Uh, so they leave that, and we'll keep cutting back to that. Uh, and a this lot takes of a, it takes a long time for this acid to eat through this chain. It, t- it takes know? a lo- it takes <laughs> two entire other action set pieces before we get back. To yep, it. we'll cut back to John Ritter. The other thing I love is clearly they're filming this dog barking at the camera. And then they're just pushing the camera in on John Ritter's yep. going, ah, 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 as this camera's just rushing at him. My favorite is when uh, <laughs> when you see the dog from behind yeah. and it's very clearly a stuffed animal. Yes. That's, that's a completely different color than this. I believe it's a German Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, so fucking funny. It is uh, very, very funny. It is very clear John Ritter and this dog were never on the set at the same time at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, so that's how he's like, good, Ritter's dealt with. Um, then uh, uh, Hawk and, uh, and what, what was it, Bad Dave? Bad Dave, yeah. Bad Dave are taken into the sort of, main section of the compound where it's it's almost like a marketplace a little bit like a marketplace it's kind of like a like a almost like a mess hall a little yeah, bit like a lounge it kind of feels like it's the, like a, the town center okay. yeah yeah of this weird evil town yeah there's like uh there's like drinking and eating and dancing or whatever yeah. or chanting i mean and also there is a uh, illegal fighting ring, which <laughs> wouldn't be one of these movies if there wasn't some sort of fight to the death sequence that happened. Dude, when they lit this ring of fire in the fighting thing, so I got good. I got so excited. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, so here we go. And, man, Martin Cove is so – I love Martin Cove because the guy I – mean, he, he has the bad guy face we talked about, but he's so good at playing crazy too. Like he gets yeah. the eyes popping – and he's like, all yeah. right, let's do this. And so, yeah, yeah, and he doesn't need to go, like, frantic energy, you know? To, right. Like, you see some people really ham it up. I think, uh, actually, Simon Says is a good example of a, a villain oh. really, yeah. really not only chewing scenery, but, like, 
<laughs> spitting it out afterwards. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Have, uh, having to have his stomach pumped at the end of the day for all that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah Jesus exactly. Jesus Christ, man. Um, he's yeah. really going for it. Whereas Cove, yeah, and that's the thing, like, with actually, like, with his performance as Sensei Kreese in the Karate Kid franchise, he's terrifying because yeah. he's so still and calm. And exactly. you know he's capable of extreme violence. Yeah, uh, exactly. You just don't, the calmness you, is what is unnerving. Because you're waiting for him to strike. He's pulling you in, and you're like, oh, shit, he's going to kill somebody. Which is this scene right here, because now he has this knife fight with Bad Dave. And it, it I love this. Yeah. This is solid <laughs> stuff, man. Uh, and, yeah, he gets him on the ground. And I like this moment when he, he's got the knife to his throat, like he's going to cut his throat. Then he looks up mm -hmm. at Hawk. And then he just plunges into the guy's heart. <laughs> he's he's toying with everybody when he kills this guy. It's a bad day for Bad Dave. Yeah, you know? that's it for Bad Dave, man. The last yeah. stand of Bad Dave. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, now now they throw Hawk in there. They don't even give Hawk a knife. No, it's true. They. <laughs> I did like that they immediately were like, oh, well, it's not actually a competition. Right. You're not actually going to win. Right. Well, He's except, toying with except he does. He's got the upper hand on uh, on Phoenix right up until all the other guys are like, well, we can't actually let him kill Phoenix. Let, let, let's grab him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty great. Um, so they, they yank him out of there. and uh, He's too good. Hawk is just too good. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. Cove, some kind of island community. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what. Happens. Oh, oh, well, then, 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 as their uh, Hawk beats up all these guards as they're trying to take him to a cell. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he beats all of them up. Uh, and meanwhile, Phoenix. God damn it, it wouldn't be one of these actions. It's yeah. been a while since we've had one. We gotta have a rape scene in here. Yeah. It's been a yeah, while. We've had a we've had a break from rapes in these movies, but here we go. Yeah, and, and this one is uh pretty bad in the sense that it, like just like the like she's literally chained up, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it couldn't be more gratuitous. And and just like the way it's shot, like you're constantly seeing like full frontal nudity mm -hmm. happen. It's like, and it's the only time the movie ever gets sleazy. So it is one of those things. Yeah. It's like all of this could have been excised. It's so gratuitous. It's needlessly gratuitous. Yeah. Honestly. And it's just, yeah. and like I said, it's just, it doesn't fit with how the rest of the, I've been enjoying just the visceral action of these scenes. And then this happens. I'm yeah. like, no, come on. Movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then like what happens to her in this upcoming scene is even worse. Yeah, well, because like, Hawk explodes into this room and gets him off of her, and you're like, okay, all right, he's he saves this woman, you know, and beats yeah. the, starts beating the shit out of uh, Phoenix, and she goes to grab a machine. She gun. gets a she gets an opportunity to be heroic. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I I don't like what happens to her, but I do like that Phoenix's move is to grab a broadsword off the wall. Yeah, there's a, there's a, they're both, they both have swords. There's a full on sword fight in this fucking, in this Which, John Ritter film. That I enjoyed immensely. I love that they both are like, oh, there's a broadsword right next to me. Clang, 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 you know. Uh, it felt very, uh, uh, oh, which Bond movie was that? It was oh, that, uh, it's uh, Die Another Tomorrow Day. It's oh, Die Another Day. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where they, that scene's amazing. We're going to have to do a commentary or something on that because that movie's so fucking crazy. 
Yes, um, yes, definitely. That's where they start out fencing, but then they drop those and they just keep grabbing different swords throughout this like it's museum. A of bunch swords. of yeah, there's just a bunch of weapons on the wall, and they just keep grabbing those. Yeah. Oh man, that scene is awesome, and it just escalates, yeah. and they're all over the place in this building, and they yeah they have gigantic. Braveheart style broadswords by the end of the thing. They're like, holy shit. <laughs> and they're like slashing through furniture. Yeah. It, it's and everybody crazy. at the club is just watching. Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Wow. This is interesting. Um, so, uh, but then, of course, before she's able to shoot uh, Martin Cove, he just slashes her apart with that sword. And I was like, oh, <sighs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't need her to kill him, but even if she had winged him or something, that would have been something. Or if she took out like a couple of guards who like oh, stormed in, who were or coming in the door, and she just mows them down, I would like that. Or just any other option, you know, <laughs> like any anything and, else. Besides anything what that isn't a woman doing nothing and then being cut in half, like yeah, Jesus. Uh, so let's see, they 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 do fight, and eventually he gets uh, Phoenix on the ground, and he's choking him with the with the machine gun, and he snaps his neck with the gun. Kind of a lame death. For kind the, for of a lame death. Who's supposed to be the main villain of I the I know. Movie. When he died, I thought, what? Because once again, I'm looking going, there's like 40 minutes left in this thing. Right. Yeah. This is where you, this is where you realize, oh, no. Yeah. It's oh, actually no. it's this actually Cove who tries to sell this death because his neck yeah. and his neck kind of – so his head kind of lulls to the side. And then he lets blood trail out of his mouth as his eyes are fixed. Yeah. And you're like, oh, good yeah. job, Cove, trying to make that as dramatic as possible, that your supposedly main villain character is dead. But it's so lame. It's, it's such so a lame, lame kill. You're just like, what? That was... But we established Phoenix as this unstoppable killing force, and only Hawk can... You know, you're like, what? Oh. Jesus. Yeah. So anyway, of course, then Hawk goes and saves John Ritter at the last moment. Uh, before this, exactly as the chain snaps, he grabs John Ritter out of the cell. Yeah, uh, and and narrowly escapes the stuffed animal dog that's attacking. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. Um, <laughs> uh, I do love this moment where they get surrounded by these bad guys, and uh, this is this is one of the first like dramatic grenade throws. He throws the grenade into a puddle of gasoline. Yep. Which then blows that up, blows up all the tanks of gasoline. This is quite the explosion. Uh, and everybody, yeah, guys first, are on fire. People are flying through the air. He, the grenades in this are so inconsistent with how large the explosion is. Because yeah. the first grenade he throws, it's just a grenade in a hallway. Mm -hmm. But it's such a massive explosion. You see it like plume out of the top of the building from like a helicopter view. I'm like, that's not a, that's not what a grenade would do. Wasn't this uh, here though? He's throwing it into the tanks of gas, is what does that. Yes. So, so this, yeah, he does here. That makes more sense. Right. Uh, but before, I think oh, he just oh, threw the, it. the yeah, earlier one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's he's, yes. he's hucking grenades throughout this whole escape sequence. Yeah, it, it it's his go-to move. Uh, it really is. Step. It really yeah. is. Uh, so uh, he's they're they're throwing this. They eventually get to this helicopter. Yes. Uh, but the, but there still to be a, another continuing massive shootout. And it's just like, John Ritter's just like, go, fly it. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, there's like a bunch of terrorists out there that I need to shoot first. Not, yeah, Hawk's got the big M60 that's attached to the side of the thing, and he's mowing yeah. these guys down. The helicopter's getting shot to shit. It uh, shouldn't have been able to fly, but that's okay. No, they take off, but uh-oh, now they're firing missiles after them. 
Oh no, poorly CG animated. This missiles. is where it's like maybe you change the sequence because you can't do it. Uh, yeah, we get you some know bad maybe scenes. just have the climax be in this compound instead of having this scene happen for some reason. Yeah, because there's still like a half hour left at this there's, point. There's so much more film. This it's, is crazy. So he dodges the first missile, then they fire three more missiles, and that brings the copter down. But yeah. They're still alive. And all of a sudden, we're in a different movie now because we're introduced to this Russian army major who's talking to crooked Ed Lauder back at base. Right, yeah, because it's revealed. It's around here. That when they, they're captured, it's revealed that, that, that they that, betrayed yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's his head of security and his accountant who have betrayed him. And yeah. so they bring this helicopter down. And, yeah, uh, Lauder says, uh, you bring me those bodies and I'll whatever pay you more money. And at the same time, they now pull guns on Robert Colt back at base. Yes. And I love this moment when he goes, "Get him out of here." And Colt goes, "Hang on. What what exactly is going on here? You owe me that professional courtesy to tell me your plan." <laughs> and Ed Lauder's like, "Okay, here's the deal. Here's what was happening. Let me just break down <laughs> our evil plan 100%. I just so love... that if you do survive, you'll be able to thwart our plans i love the you owe me the professional courtesy of telling me what's going on here and ed lives being like yeah you're right okay here's what here's the, the deal man the accountant is just like shut the fuck up what is wrong with you well because that so what we learn is the accountant was embezzling the t and, and yes. splitting it with his head of security they were embezzling from the company but this yes. merger would have revealed the financial particulars that would expose yes. what they're doing so they yes. decide the only option is to assassinate john ritter in this fashion in, in a way that killed so many innocent people mm -hmm. like i there's got to be there's got to be a better way to do it you know there's just there just has to be a better way to mm -hmm. try and assassinate this person there, there has to be yeah there had to be yeah uh, any number of things. Uh, meanwhile, Hawk and, and John Ritter are now trudging through the desert. And the big thing here is uh, Ritter doesn't have any shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So his feet are bleeding. I do very much like that Hawk does not offer his shoes at all. He's like, nope. no, I'm fucking keeping my shoes. And also he keeps getting on like, come on, pick up the pace. And I thought, the man doesn't have shoes. And you're walking across <laughs> rocks like... This is where I'm like, Hawk, you could have a little sympathy. This isn't him dogging it, you know? Uh, yeah. This is, yeah. This, is, this is bad. Uh, <laughs> At the very least, they should have wrapped, like, bindings around his feet so I, that there's I, some sort of padding. I yeah. thought that. You would think, like, this guy who's this epic mercenary survival expert probably would think, all right, let's fashion you some form of footwear. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. It yeah. just it just keeps shoes will come to them, John. <laughs> and they do. They do. They do because of course they're set upon by guys in dune buggies. Yeah, uh, with machine guns and I mean the the movie from this point on is just one chase scene turned shootout after another. It's really it's very very similar to Fury Road if you think about it. <laughs> Cuz they go to this compound. Yeah. It's only halfway through the film, and then they have to go all the way back from the compound. 
in order to complete their mission. You know, you're not wrong. Structurally, it is a lot like Fury Road. Just take away the budget, vision, and creativity of it, and it's the same movie. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but structurally, it is uh, from point A to point B back to point A again. Um, So uh, We did it. We cracked the code. Yeah, Hawk leaps on top of this dune buggy and just one-handed breaks the necks of both of the guys in it. <laughs> Curse snap. Is, oh, <laughs> stupid. It's so dumb. Because um, we, we, we've established before, like, neck snapping as it as it appears in, in action movies is not, is not how that works. No, not yeah. at all. So uh, the fact that he's one-handed doing it snap, on, while riding snap. on top of a dune buggy it's... is pretty ridiculous it's the systematic nature which he does it here that really makes me laugh where it's like snap you turn snap you and And, they do nothing and great and so yeah yeah, and he's like quick grab their shoes (laughs) and so now john ritter has shoes uh so but then more dune buggies come so it leads to this dune buggy chase slash shootout for a while Boy, this scene is not very exciting. No, no. It, well, because it's not now. So now we're getting to the point where I'm like, all right, I was enjoying the action before, but now it just feels like obligatory action where they're like, I guess we're, we need more chases to fill up the last 20 minutes of this movie. Hey, we got these three dune buggies. We're going to fucking use them. All right. So they're, they're speeding around what is probably Mexico City or wherever this is that they're filming this. Yeah. Uh, let's see here they oh they eventually crash into the water their dune buggy ritter and hawk uh because that's where they think like oh they must be dead every fucking time with with (laughs) these bad guys they never check for a body they're just like well i'm sure that's it they go down to recover their bodies because they need those for ed lauder to give them money that's true because what does he ask he asks them to bring back Oh no, that's later. That's later. That's, that is later. That's, yeah, that's, that's that's the hawk thing. Uh, so yeah. anyway, they now traverse from desert setting to forest setting. All of a sudden, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it does seem like this is a completely different landscape that they've gone to. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, is this, there snow? It does seem a little wintry. I don't know if there's snow, but it's very gray and it looks cold. I mean, I suppose there are. Like a lot of there are parts of that world, uh, part of the world that are like high mountain deserts, like high elevation yeah, deserts. You know true. that could be. It just it's such a shift though visually, yes. on film when yes. you just are tracking two guys walking to be all of a sudden it's a totally different color palette and uh, background. I mean, it is nice to bring a little bit of variety to the film, I guess. Um, if they had kept the dune buggy i think we would have accepted more it's the fact that they basically it seems like they just walk out of a desert into a forest yes that's the thing that 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 got that got me um so anyway this is where he forms the aforementioned grenade tree (laughs) (laughs) he takes john ritter's shoelaces and ties down this kind of dead tree right mm-hmm. ties it back so it's bent back and he ties it to the ground then mm-hmm. he starts hanging grenades in it he also has john ritter walk barefoot backwards so that people follow his tracks exactly yeah so that so that they'll be led to said grenade tree uh, also john ritter's feet are still bleeding oh yeah why have they not bandaged those like, i mean that's they're not just bleeding they're like pouring blood 
Yeah. He <laughs> It's definitely infected. Yeah. Uh and so he's walking backwards doing that and then yeah, then they sit and wait cuz Hawk has a sniper rifle that he will use to shoot the shoelaces releasing the grenade tree at these people. And so then it's and like, it's "Hang on. Not yet. Not yet." Like he's 20, waiting 20 He's waiting 20 yards. Yeah, he's 15. waiting for them to be in the correct field of fire for this yeah. grenade tree and then oh boy do we get a lot of people flying in the air so good <laughs> he literally takes out an entire platoon with one grenade tree i know which i don't fully know if that's how that would work but you know what we love what? to see it. i we love to see the ingenuity i didn't fully understand um how the pins got pulled on the grenades <laughs> Well, John, it's, he, he it's tied simple. The, he tied they the didn't. Tree, yeah, he tied the tree back, and then it threw the grenades, but he didn't... No one activated the grenades. Nope. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even, like, have a mechanism where the pins were separately tied to different things no. so that when the tree launched, it just pulled all the No, pins. it just seems to throw the grenades, and then they just exploded for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, I wanted to hear... Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, it's true. This really, the did, grenade what, tree does feel like something out of the A team. Where did Hawk get the grenades? He says, like, he was captured. Yeah. And all of his stuff was taken. Where did he get the sniper rifle? I think the rifle came from one of the guys on the dune buggy. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I guess, it, I guess so it must have. Maybe the grenades too, but he does just seem to just have grenades at all times down the stretch of this movie. That's true. Oh, they did grab. They did grab when they grabbed the shoes. They also grabbed their packs. So oh, let's okay. just assume there that they go. had, yeah. and, and that's also where John Ritter got a gun. Yeah. Okay. He has that's a probably where it was. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Adds up, movie. Except for it, the it grenade, adds up. The grenades exploding without pulling the pins. That really. Let's doesn't... not worry about yeah. that right now. <laughs> uh. So. Uh, let's see. Then they need. To... Oh, then more guys are coming, and John Ritter has an idea, which is he puts a speaker system inside of a like it's like a Walkman with a speaker, yep. and he puts it inside of a helmet. But he's like yep. doing a miniature electronic work because he goes, you know, I started my career as a TV repairman. Did it? And this is this is as close as this movie gets to. They needed. John Ritter's very specific <laughs> expertise to get through the mission, yeah. you know? Something I was definitely expecting from the very beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess this is the extent of it. I guess uh, they so. They make a, a, a speaker helmet. That plays La Bamba. La 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 Bamba. Which I, whatever this song was going to be, was basically whatever they could afford, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> And they got La Bamba. They got a recognized song, so good on them, movie. Yeah. That's something. I'm, yeah. La Bamba. And it not was free. very, it was very strange to have La Bamba playing in the background <laughs> as they're like murdering people. Well, yeah, because uh, I did kind of like that. They use this as an excuse uh, to distract these guys, yeah. and then uh, Hawk just starts sniping them. Yeah, because they can only shoot at the spinning helmet that's playing La Bamba. Yeah. Ah, la bomba, bang! Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, this movie is full of the classic henchmen just hearing or seeing something and just unloading their magazines in that direction. They're, 
they're so dumb and this happens in so many of these films yeah like, it's, it's just like <laughs> you throw a rock over there they're like there it is just everyone all 20 of these they guys got the clip put in a new clip keep shooting <laughs> we did do we did that joke in one of our movies we, we which did is still that, one yeah. of my favorite things we've ever done actually is that joke <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um so anyway they yeah then this is where they get uh they realize that they now have the radios from these guys ed lodger's like damn they have the radios they can hear our communications and he goes or wait a minute and you want i really want a light bulb to appear over his head when he's like hold on wouldn't be shocked if this movie did that wait we can use this to our advantage and yeah this is where they get on the line with hawk yeah who they assume to be you know as big a piece of shit as they are yeah, uh the yeah. accountant and the guy so they're like hey man we'll pay you a lot of money if you just kill john ritter right now i mean he is a mercenary for hire yeah but yeah, like, he's a mercenary for hire but that doesn't mean he's just a unscrupulous psychopath like he still can choose I mean, what jobs to take right that's that's true but he 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 takes money so that he can kill people so it's like, true i mean I, I i think we're meant to think something of his morals though that like when we're introduced to him he's saving a girl like we never see him do anything yes. that's not at least somewhat on oh, yeah. the moral justified side uh, yeah and they even describe him as being very uh honorable right. i believe it at yeah one point in the film um he's he's the good mercenary funny. yeah but uh, but uh you, you just think about like the context of the real world like yeah. a mercenary it's like yeah mercenaries are probably not a good person no no uh, no most mercenary i mean we 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 have a much different view of the concept of mercenary in like a post blackwater world right exactly yeah, um, yeah like corporate mercenaries and stuff like that <laughs> um but uh so anyway they're like all right if you just kill him and then uh to prove you killed him, cut off his finger with his wedding ring. And that will do it. And then we're the, the scene cuts away with like a close-up on Hawk as if we're supposed to think, maybe he will just murder John Ritter right now. <laughs> you know, completely violating everything we've come to know about this guy in the preceding right. hour and a half or whatever. Yeah, this movie's not fooling anybody. No, no, no. So he comes, he does show back up at the base. And he's got the bloody finger with the thing wrapped up. And, you know, of course, you're. I'm going like, well, obviously, they cut off one of the henchman's fingers and put the ring on it. and Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they all have, they have all these guns on uh, Hawk. But, uh-oh, yeah. what's this? <laughs> Just turned into the narrator from 66 Batman. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> John Ritter with a rifle to... Uh, Ed Lauder's head. Oh shit! Yeah. Now they have oh. the upper hand. Who could have seen this coming? That's right. What he's he didn't kill John Ritter. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So Ritter's got the rifle now, and uh, I love this response of they're gonna because sh- now it's just sort of a standoff. This standoff yeah. is ended by Robert Culp bowling balling bowling balling himself. <laughs> under the legs of these henchmen so he just balls up and rolls under these guys and takes them out at the knees so they all go you know uh ass over head here uh and i just was like what that is a choice that they are making (laughs) this old man just goes i got him (laughs) it really made me laugh 
Uh, and so it's whoa. like just short of him faking a heart attack, you know. Honestly, I would that would have been less silly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I think that might have actually worked better. Uh, well, I should say it's three almost, routine. Almost certainly Robert Culp's stunt double, of course, obviously. Well, because yes, they're not going to make yeah. a seventy-year-old man do this. Uh, but this, yeah, this turns into an yet another shootout. Yeah, gun battle starts, but John Ritter and Ed Lauder start to. You know, not in great shape, middle-aged dudes who duking it out now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and 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 Ritter ends up uh, beating him here. Yeah. So there's a a line early in the film when he's trying to convince Hawk to to take the mission, where he's like, "I am receiving training." Yeah. So we are led to believe so this doesn't fully come out of nowhere that he's able to do this like pretty difficult he does like almost like a not a full like front flip or anything mm-hmm. but he does like a roll uh to like disarm and then he like stabs uh, fairly efficiently you know yeah uh, but it, it is the first and i think the only competent thing he does in the film um so it does still seem to come out of nowhere yeah it's Um, it's it's odd it's odd for sure yeah uh there's there's no question that because a one line about he's receiving some form of training is not enough an hour and a half ago yeah Yeah. it's not enough to suddenly in the third act make him capable of beating a man uh and who was his head of security so we're talking somewhat competent fighter probably ed lauder somebody who has training theoretically mm-hmm. so yeah so whatever uh yeah whatever it, it goes there and then uh the accountant is gonna uh oh, oh no no uh john ritter stands up right mm-hmm. and <laughs> hawk comes in and and levels his rifle what seems like at john ritter's head and i like this this cut to john ritter going why <laughs> <laughs> Why would you, why would you think he's turning on you? Yeah, I, but of course he is point. shooting the accountant who is behind John Ritter with a gun. How? I would be so curious to know how many times this has happened in a movie. You know what it's, I mean? It it must be so many. It's it such a classic. Be, yeah, it, it's such several a classic hundred action movie misdirect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. Holy God. Yeah. And, and and I do like this though. You see the bullet go through this guy's eye and drop him. Yeah. That was yes. cool. That was very cool. Yeah. And then it just cuts to we're at the airport and John Ritter's dropping off Robert Culp and uh, Olivia Gruner and he's just like, "Thanks, guys. Thanks for everything." <laughs> and I guess Bob Culp is out of legal trouble. Um, I guess. Cause... Well, you know. He's got a he's got an in with with you he's know, got an in, and also Ed Lauder did confess to planting those drugs on him. That's true. So yes, uh, although nobody heard that, like there's no recording. But Ed, Ed Lauder's not dead, I don't think. John Ritter just knocked him out. I thought he stabbed him. Did he? Maybe he did stab him. You just see him lying there on the ground. Maybe I guess he is dead. I'd have to go back and watch it. Yeah, I don't it, know. Nobody don't, heard that, yeah. but whatever. John Ritter, we know we know he's innocent, so it's okay if John Ritter pulls political strings to Yeah. Yeah. Nothing morally questionable about that. Yeah. So No and shades then, of gray. There. And then it's just yeah. like 
all it is is Hawk being like, "Hey, you're okay." That was his big emotional yeah. out, outburst. Yeah. Oh, he gives him the military beret that he was looking at earlier. The talks. That's what it is. To yeah. Show, like yeah. you are a soldier now. <laughs> Bye. I mean, you're legally not. Yeah. So don't. Yeah. But. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> until Bye. next time. And until next until. time is right, because two years later, 19, uh, 1998's The Mercenary 2, Thick or Thin, comes out. Were you able to find, like, how much money did this first movie make? Is there any way to find that information? Uh, Mercenary 1996. Let's see if I can get a gross Is, is or this something. a movie that came out in theaters? No, or no, is this... no. This was a straight-to-video okay. title. Um, okay, so then it might be harder to determine. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they have like, because it doesn't have a box office gross, but it would. I mean, I can't find anything about like how many people bought it or anything like that. Because, because I'm just trying to think. It, I guess this movie was enough of a success to make mm-hmm. a second movie. Yeah, I mean, you'd be looking at just like uh, money from rental and video sales of this, right? I, I'm going to go ahead and assume the sequel is probably even cheaper than this movie. Let me that's, look here. That's just my guess. Let me see if they if they have a budget on uh, Mercenary Two, Thick and Thin. Uh, oh, four point five million. So less Riddle. than half of what this one cost. Yeah. Yeah. Was that five million just for John Ritter? You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess I was like, we don't have John Ritter in this one because I will say you don't have as recognizable a cast yeah yeah it's not just john ritter there's there's a lot of yeah because i'm looking at like oh i know some of these actors from stuff but none of them are at the level of ritter culp martin cove ed lauder all of a sudden we're dealing with like oh this guy was on nypd blue you know right um yeah yeah so uh mercenary two thick and thin um i know we're not going to get to that right away but at some point we might watch that but uh yeah yeah we probably should just yeah. to be thorough just to we're, just we're, to check we're, it out we're thorough on but we'll podcast. get to the we'll get to the substitute sequels before we get to that i think um, oh yeah yeah we yes. got it we got to do those substitute movies uh yeah. the treat williams trilogy <laughs> the treat trilogy yeah <laughs> what a treat that's my yeah, what a treat. uh <laughs> yeah so that's uh that's mercenary from 1996 mercenary boy finding this movie was 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 difficult there's a lot of movies called called mercenary Mercenary. yeah mercenary mercenary something we we run into that a lot on this show with some of the more generic uh action titles yeah uh if you call your movie mercenary guess what you know (laughs) there's gonna be a few called that uh well listen we said there weren't any one-liners do we have a favorite kill of the movie Hmm. I, to me, it's probably early, and I feel like yeah. it's either the pen or the credit card, right? Yeah, it's either or even. Can we just say it's because that's like a short like sequence? Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like one action sequence. So because so, he kind of does it in one thing, so we'd say like the pen slash credit card kill. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say we can we can combine those into one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's one, do. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Pen. Oh, we'll put that down as the pen slash credit card kill because that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I, nothing else really jumps out. Like all of the main villains have pretty lame deaths yeah, in this movie. It's it's. I true. don't know what it is with these movies, but like, 
henchmen, like nameless henchmen, always get it way worse. Yeah, than, like, it, the it, main it, bad guys. that is insane to me. That shouldn't be the case. <laughs> yeah, just inherently. Uh, so yeah, so we'll we'll put that down as our kill of the movie. No one-liners Great. have. Uh, but as you know, Lisman, it is always my sworn duty to uh, <laughs> to find the strangest IMDb reviews for these movies. So yes. I uh, I did read through uh, some of these here, and uh, I will say there's a, a smattering of reactions, but there is only one uh, absolute like uh, uh, you know unqualified recommend of this movie. Okay. Uh, and that comes to us from IMDb user Cinemoth. Uh, okay. And uh, uh, the title of the review is, If you love movies, this is a movie you'll love. <laughs> <laughs> Which has got to be one of the best titles of a review ever. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. As a lover of action movies, this one took me by surprise both because of how much I enjoyed it, which is hard to say these days, and because of how atypical it is for the genre. Okay? Uh, okay. It is really like Laurel and Hardy do action. Funny, funny, funny. John Ritter is great as the guy who thinks he can do all the stunts just because he wants to go along for the ride, and Mr. Gruner is a powerful force with a hint of the comedian hiding beneath his straight man. Great effort like by deep, deep within. Like I don't know where they saw that. Oh, this but guy okay. really, this yeah, this reviewer really looked for that. I guess. Um, yeah. I great effort by Nesher, the director, who moves this great story with sheer force from the first frame. A must rent. Ten out of ten stars. So that guy loved this movie. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's again not the worst movie we've seen no, for no, this podcast. No, no. certainly not. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but that might, this might be the best title for a uh, Unquestionably. If you love movies, you'll love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it <laughs> technically counts as a film. Yeah, because it uh, is a movie. It is a, a movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, listen, as always, it's time to check in with our old pal from Amazon.com for another segment of The Winning Opinion. Uh, Bruce didn't watch this movie, but I, I, as as you know, I keep up on what Bruce does review, and he puts out yeah. a, a good three to four reviews a week. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but he, he I, I, you know, we, Bruce says a lot. We're always kind of, uh, you know, getting to know this guy through his reviews, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he says some funny stuff, but every once in a while, Bruce writes a review that uh, that worries me a tad here you know oh, no. and uh you know so we know how much he likes the violence on screen but i'll just say this is bruce's most recent one of his more recent reviews of the film mm. american psycho oh no yes yes american oh, no. psycho uh and uh here's bruce's review it's titled as promised gratuitous violence oh no i like the action and violence i like the shooting I like the physical assault on people. I like the music. I like his insight into the music. Five out of five stars. Yeah. Were you disturbed Oof. by the same sentence I was disturbed by? Yes. I like the physical assault on people. 
I really liked when uh, somebody's head was in a fridge. Yeah, that was really great. Yeah, because that's the thing where he's he's still going. I like the violence. I like the shooting. But you're like, yeah, that movie has violence and shooting, but not in the it's same not way. An action movie. No. It's horrifying, really. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's it's also like weird and satirical in places, and it's 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 a very uh, it's a very offbeat and unusual movie. But he does that seem to be like, true. hey, more violence. Uh, this is what's worrying me is Bruce does seem to in- enjoy violence no matter the context. Yeah, which is. Uh, yeah. I You know, I, I watched the Saw movie. Yeah. And I really like violence. Yeah, that's know? the kind of thing that I I'm like worried the... about. We're going to get one of those at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway. I watched the snub film and I really <laughs> love the violence. <laughs> Oh, it was real. That's why I liked it so much. Well, that must have been um, why it was so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So we're gonna keep monitoring Bruce, and uh, well, we do have a finger uh, hovering over uh, the authorities' number if we have to uh, mm-hmm. report anything. Uh, yeah. Oh, Bruce. Oh, Bruce. Uh, well, Lisbon, we... we if. Do you think if we put all of his reviews together, it will create a large manifesto of him? I think so. Yeah, I, I have been. Okay. Uh, uh, I have pointed the FBI's behavioral si- science unit to him uh, to keep an eye on a profile going here, just in case. Gotcha. You never so know. another service that we are performing for the community. <laughs> just, yes. just a reminder to the audience. Indeed. Uh, well, listen, we we weren't like nuts about this mercenary movie. Mm. Do you think we can come up with a better adventure for Hawk to go on? I think so. Because we, yeah. we, we, uh, we know they made a second mercenary. How about you and I, uh, we're going to use our handy-dandy action movie title generator to, this time I will say, we're going to generate the subtitle of the Mercenary 3. Excellent. Okay. Okay. So this is Mercenary 3, and we're going to get, hold on, Mercenary 3, here it comes, Infinite Termination. Okay. Mercenary 3, Infinite Termination. Hmm. Infinite Termination. So, Now, do we bring John Ritter back? Ooh. Yes, this is the... I mean, obviously, it would have to take place before 2003. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. But let's assume if it was 1998, now we go another two years out. This is in 2000 this movie existed. Okay. So, John Ritter is back... Mm-hmm. How is John? Is Ritter he the back? villain in this movie? Oh, now that he's got a taste for killing, he's become yeah. maybe he's not a vi- villain straight up, but he's an antihero. He's gone Punisher. He's, he's taken- either gone Punisher or he f- he starts his own mercenary company. Ah, he's a he's now a rival mercenary from what he yeah. learned from Hawk. Exactly. Yeah. Robert Culp comes to him and says there's been this string of killings. Because they think, here's the thing, they think Hawk is doing it. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like his MO. Yeah, this you is know, all Grenades classic. are thrown everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Also, somebody was stabbed with a pen at, at one I wanna, point. Yeah, that's the thing, is unlike the second movie where they just bring Gruner back, I want this to be a true sequel. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we bring back both Ritter and Culp. Yes. Uh... <laughs> and we find out Phoenix didn't die. Oh, <gasps> yes. Yeah, of course, because it was such a lame death. Or it's Phoenix's uh, twin identical brother. twin. There yeah. you go. 
All I want is Martin Cove in there. And the thing here is he has to team up with him, despite the fact they're bitter enemies. Oh, uh, 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 Cove has to team up with with, with Hawk. Yeah, Hawk and... Oh, and, okay. Yeah, Hawk that's what I'm saying. Phoenix. Yeah, they were bitter enemies, but now they have to stop John Ritter, who's gone mad. Yeah. Yes, I like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the brother could be slightly more reasonable than the, you know, the... He initially the comes to kill hawk for at a yeah. vengeance for his brother but then yeah. they both realize that this is all being set up by john ritter yeah yeah and they'll they'll settle their differences after they take care of yeah ritter. for this though yeah. we are on the same side yeah but once <laughs> once he's dead yeah you know it, it's it's back on and of course like after they i don't know if they killed john ritter in this movie but like no, like well, after I... they succeed they give each other a look like we could yeah, well, we won't. It's like the Rocky Three ending, time. where it's like ding, yes. ding. All exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. That's a, that's a movie. I'd see this. Yeah, Mercenary Three: Infinite Termination, coming uh, soon to a VHS in the year two thousand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Lisman. Well, we talked about Mercenary this week. Next mm-hmm. week. We're taking things back to the old west all right that's right and our friend brendan jones is joining us once again because another friend of ours is coming back mr robert bronzy is returning that's right last year brendan was on the show to review death kiss this time it's bronzy and yet another bronson knockoff a little film called once upon a time in oh deadwood <laughs> That's right. I'm back. Uh, and this is, uh, as always, written and directed by the auteur himself, Rene Perez. Uh, and uh, featured in this movie for the first time on the action shelf, mm. we get to hear Bronzy's actual, actual voice. voice. Yes, his real yeah. speaking voice is here. Plus, uh, burnt out 80s star Michael Pere is the villain in this movie. So. <laughs> We've got just about okay. everything you could ever want in an action shelf movie for Once Upon yeah, a Time in it's... Deadwood. Listen, I will ask you as always, would you like to hear the tagline for Once Upon a Time in Deadwood? Yeah, hit me. Sooner or later, we all get what's coming. Okay, that's pretty generic. It also you know. feels like kind of a uh, little bit of a like redressing of an unforgiven line. A little bit, yeah, that's <laughs> A movie that I feel like will not have the dramatic hefter gravitas of an Unforgiven. Yeah, uh, probably not. But yeah, also comes in at a brisk, healthy 85 minutes. Love to hear it. Yeah. Uh, but now, now, when did this movie come out? Uh, this is a 2019's Once Upon a Time in Deadwood. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm surprised he's still alive, Bronzy. <laughs> I don't know why. I just assumed he... he... No, well, no. Wait, wait. When was the last movie that we watched with him? Like, when did that come out? Well, Death Kiss was, was just the Death, uh, Death Kiss. Uh, that was just the year before in 2018. This is just the next movie they made after that. Oh, for some reason, I thought this was closer to like actual uh, Charles Bronson. No, like, no, no. In out. fact, he has he, he had a movie out last year, and he has a movie coming out this year. Bronzy. Okay. So okay. don't worry, man. There's plenty more Bronzy to talk about. So. Excellent. Uh, Can't we, wait. We'll have uh, Brendan Jones will be back. Our Robert Bronzy correspondent will be back <laughs> with us for yet another Bronzy adventure. 
But uh, that is going to wrap up things uh, this week on the Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Till next week, get yourself some action. The Action Shelf. The Action Shelf is part of the Panel Up Podcast Network. Remember to follow us on social media. We're at Action Shelf Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at actionshelfpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also support the entire network by heading over to patreon.com slash panelup to get cool, exclusive bonus content. The Action Shelf.